Alrighty, fellow horn toad loyal listeners, welcome back to another edition of the Clagato Veteran Podcast. And this is Season 5, Episode 12. We've passed the halfway point, so it's uh, looking good as we start to look forward towards the end of uh, Season 5. And on this episode of the Clagato Veteran Podcast... The theme for this one is Dene Utopia. And that's always been, you know, kind of like a really interesting thing I wanted to talk about. I think it was since season two. It was kind of like a new thing that, that popped up. And um, so all these uh, five segments that I'll, will we will be talking about, well, uh, well, I will be talking about, are is pretty much just kind of looking at the future as far as what it is that we want to see and what could contribute to some of that. And obviously there's negatives that go along with it. So um, the first segment will be age of changers. So I'll explain that later. The second one will be modern metabolism. The third will be Navajo financial system. The fourth will be futurized domestic violence. And finally, the last one for episode 12 will be digital ceremonies. And once again, I am your lonely host, uh, Mateo Native Ravager. I'm bringing you some more uh, thought-provoking content as we move along uh, season five. And obviously, this is, you know, just another part of the... uh, uh, the, from the last episode 11, where the theme was 102 years from now, I'm still going off of that. And I thought, you know what, just kind of combine it and see what comes of it. Because while my mind is still burning fresh with all these ideas, you know, I might as well just bring it up right away and get it out of the way. So that way I won't be distracted later on as I go, uh, further on with a uh, season five. So with all that being said, Let's go ahead and um, start the first segment of the night or the episode or whenever you're listening to this, could be daytime, whatever. But um, as I'm speaking right now, it's it's currently snowing, so that's like really um, very unexpected, but I, I love it, you know. The more snow, the better. But anyways, uh, we'll talk about the weatherization again later, you know. Um, but anyways... <laughs> I got to stop doing all these little add-ons here. So the first one will be Age of Changers. And stick with me because here we go. And now, jumping into our first segment for Season 5, Episode 12, with the theme of Deneh Utopia. This is Age of Changers, and this segment looks at the classes of tribal leaders and innovators that would set the pace to make that utopia the future, uh, you know, that is talked about. Um, while also looking back at some of the people in modern history, well, in history who had made the modern world what it is today. So what I'm trying to say here is, um, that there are these, uh, leaders and innovators 
you know, they're the ones that are standing out. They're the ones that want to make a difference. These are pretty much your alpha males, not alpha males, but your alphas and your sigmas, personality types that want to, that either see a way to change things for the better or change things so they get an advantage. And that right there kind of goes, plays into that whole, you know, modern wrestling, um, sports entertainment storyline. Now for a long time, I've been watching, you know, WWE because that was, you know, accessible. It was right there and that's all we had for a long time. There was some other wrestling shows like total nonstop action wrestling. That's TNA. And then there was, um, impact wrestling, but they kind of seemed boring to me, but for me, the, the storylines and the, the WWE was always like top notch. But then as I got older, I realized it's just the same thing over and over. And as I started to lose interest in the WWE, here comes, um, AEW all elite wrestling. So I really got into that, that one, you know, they, they just pretty much are more focused on, uh, describing the show through action rather than WWE, which, you know, a wrestler could stand there for about 15, 20 minutes, just talking and talking and talking. It's so annoying. But what I picked up off of that nowadays, as I've become older and more of an adult man than I was before was that the, the way these wrestlers, they, they talk shit basically to their opponents, but also to the crowd. So that's what you would call the heel, you know, it's just a bad person. Now that heel, um, I never really understood why they did it because it was always annoying. And, you know, the times I watched it, it was like, um, triple aches was just annoying as hell. And, you know, and every time they say they won the belt, it's always through cheating, you know, and, you know, as an audience member or TV viewer, oh, you're like, oh, well they cheated. And I guess that's like the whole point of it because the more you hate that character, the more, the more popular they become and the more they help set the storyline or, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, as, as I gotten older, I started to understand now how that is. And that's where I've wanted to, um, have the veterans become more of like, you know, having that wrestling personality where they're not so much talking shit, but backing up what they can do. And, um, you know, just being confident in what they're saying, because when I go to these, the last few times I went to the agency meetings, it was very boring and everybody just went along with the, what was going on. Those that went against it, they were, you know, they, they kind of gave up in a way. So me, I know that there's a point when there's giving up, trying to explain to them about how a nonprofit can help out. And then there's like, a way where you just kind of say, you know, I'm just wasting my time on deaf ears and blind eyes. So I might as well, you know, make that progress first. So I got something to show in return. So that's pretty much what I'm doing. And, um, so all that plays a factor in how, you know, the age of changers comes about. So these tribal leaders and, um, innovators, they, they see an opportunity to advance themselves you know, with positive ideas or negative ones, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if they steal money and they know how to do it and get away with it. Well, can we really blame them? Because nobody stands up and nobody says anything. 
So that's me right there where I'm like, you know, I'm not saying anything about, um, the way that the, the agency is running their, their meetings. Like I'm not going to go in there and disrupt it and, you know, you know, judge everybody off of what I see, but what I am doing, what I, what I do mean is that, you know, if there's someone that's taking advantage of a position or money that's available, then, you know, I'm not going to be the one to stop them. And I'm not going to be taking the moral high ground on that. I'm just like, you know, you're doing the same thing over and over. I know what the result is. You're going to get caught, get busted. And at that point, what's the point of hating you when, you know, the tribe's just going to slap you on the wrist and then you get to go on and do the same thing again, you possibly even run for political office, you know? And then also with me, that's why dealing with the IRS, with the nonprofit, I really got to be on my toes, you know, I got to make sure everything's all in order and stuff like that. So that's where that, um, as far as being an innovator, that's where it definitely becomes an area where the strongest survive, you know, and if you know where you can advance yourself further, why not, you know, just go for it, jump forward. Now, I don't really like the fact that a lot of people, a lot of Navajos that do do that, they are pretty much doing it for crooked, evil reasons, you know, but then again, who's going to stop them? Nobody really will. That's why the executive director we have right now isn't doing a damn thing. And that ad veteran, um, advisor for the, the Navajo nation president, he, he ain't doing much either. And, um, so uh, dogs are barking in the background, but anyways, so, you know, then another thing about these leaders is, um, for Clagato, there, there's this lady, Annie Dodgewanika. So she's like this big time game changer for the modern world, the way things are. She could speak Navajo. She could speak English a lot fluently. And then at a time when everybody was just mostly just pretty much all jagand out and speaking Navajo. And I think she might've spoken a few other languages too. Um, maybe possibly Hopi, possibly Apache, uh, possibly Spanish. But anyways, so with her knowledge and the way things work, she really changed a lot of, uh, the way the Navajo nation government, you know, dealt with itself. And at that time she was needed, you know, she was definitely someone that came in and said, look, you men are doing this the wrong way, or this is the way you guys can do things to improve it, make it more effective and efficient. So with that, she was kind of like held in high regard and there's pictures of her to Washington, DC. She was also like an activist and, you know, she was very ahead of her time. We could definitely use, you know, an Annie Dodge Winika now, but she didn't really come from Clagato. She came more, for, I, this is what I heard, you know, she came from, uh, towards Tanner Springs, like South of Clagato in the next community, wide ruins. And you go like South, uh, Southwest there's an area down there supposedly that's where she came from. And that land was given to her father, Chi Dodge, who was, I think he was a full-blooded, um, Mexican. And he was adopted by, uh, this white Colonel from the United States army back in the, um, the, uh, oh, was that damn thing? the long walk days. And basically he used that guy as an interpreter because he realized that Mr. Chi Dodge, he could speak Navajo 
as well as, you know, English and, uh, you know, his own language, uh, Mexican. And then, uh, but since he didn't have any family, you know, who, who knows what his lineage is then there. I, I, you know, I don't have that information, but, uh, he was given the name, uh, Dodge, I think it was, or that colonel's or that military officer, excuse me, his last name was Dodge. So that's where he got his name. And then Chi, I don't remember how, uh, he got that name, but anyways, so his daughter ended up being Annie Dodge Ronica, I believe. And then she ended up having another daughter. Um, well, she had a couple of kids and one of them was, uh, uh, Irma Blue House. And with Irma Blue House, she, uh, she knows the area and Clagato wide ruins and all that. And she's, she's also like her mom, you know, she was, uh, well, she was, she is like a, like an activist, but more so she's like really revered. So she's kind of like our national treasure out here. And I, I worked with her. I helped her out. Um, sometimes she would pick up me or my other brother and take us back to the uh, sheep camp where we'd have to unload hay and feed the, feed the sheep, give them water. Oh man, it was a lot. And she's a little old lady, you know, and she was like in her eighties, mid eighties at the time, I think she was. And I just told her, why don't you just give up the sheep? You know, it's, it's a lot of work. Your grandkids aren't here. Nobody wants to help you. And, um, you know, I don't mind helping you, but you know, the fact that you have to drive and do all this just totally seems unnecessary when, you know, you could focus more on other things and she goes, well, I don't think of my sheep like that. I don't think of my livestock like that or something like that. I forgot how she said it, but I was like, all right, well, I'm just telling you, you know, it's, um, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're fighting a losing battle here because your own kids and your family, your, your bloodline, they don't really seem interested or have the time to really take care of all these sheep. So you best bet is to just sell them off and let it be, you know? And, but, you know, I don't know how things are because ever since the coronavirus thing, her family's kind of kept her, um, away from the public. So anyways, so she's one of the innovators, uh, from out here, um, just based off of the bloodline, the royalty from her mother, Annie Dodge Winica. And then the other person was, um, Boniface Bonnie. And this dude's pretty trippy because he dealt with witchcraft, but he was also a medicine man. And then he didn't speak English. He didn't write English, but yet he became Clagato chapter's first chapter president or one of them. I forgot how the timeline goes, but, um, that's his story. And, you know, so he knew how to heal people and hurt them. <laughs> so it, it's, he's kind of like one of them dudes where if you heard the name Boniface Bonnie, like, oh yeah, that dude's from Clagato. So Boniface, I have no idea what that means. Maybe they meant to call him like Bonifacio. Maybe that, maybe that was his supposed to be his full name, but since they couldn't say Facio, they probably said Boniface, you know, or maybe somebody said it wrong. Oh, that's Boniface, Bonifacio, you know, Bonnie. And somebody's like, oh, did you say Boniface? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said, you know. But anyways, so he was like another innovator. And then a real quick story about, you know, the time that he was there. Um, so he was the president and then he was also dealing, dabbling in the black arts, you know, dark arts. And then when I became vice commander, uh, about a year later, um, there was problems with the chapter that it was having. So, um, this, uh, 
one one of the staff members or something got a hold of this medicine man and told him, look, this is what's going on with our chapter, wondering if he can come over and check it out. So he found out that there was an object buried in the ground. And I guess this was when the chapter house was first starting to get built. Now, apparently Boniface Bonnie, he cursed the chapter and he put like little uh, trinkets and all this stuff together and he buried it. So then I was a part of that party that went back over there at night, mind you, this is at night. Um, and I, you know, the, the chapter manager, whoever the hell it was, unlocked the gate for us. We drove over there next morning, you know, already everywhere's, Oh, somebody was driving around at the chapter house after hours. We, we saw the headlights and all this shit. So, but luckily for us, we were kind of like in the shadows and that medicine man told me, he goes, here, get a shovel. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. What do you need me to do? He goes, uh, start digging right here. So I started digging in front of the chapter house and then, um, then, uh, he told me, Oh, that's good enough. And then, so I pulled the shovel away and then he reached his hand in there. He's digging around and he pulled out like this old coffee can. And he goes, um, what did he say? Uh, he goes, all right, step back. He goes, he poured water on it and it started hissing and all this steam came out. I was like, holy shit. And that was like in the ground. And this was like uh, summertime. So it wasn't like it was winter or anything. But anyways, um, when, when he finally, we, when we regrouped, we left out of there, we went back to one of the, uh, chapter officials home from there, there was already a fire going and everything. So he took it apart, opened it, you know, by that time he let out all the bad air and all that. And one of the things that had in there was a rusty penny. And that penny was to give the chapter all these financial problems. And right away, that guy, that medicine man says, oh yeah, that was that, that was an old dude that was here one time. And everybody's like, oh, we know who you're talking about. Boniface is like, well, if that's his name, yeah, probably. But you know, this old dude put that there. So it was all like, you know, it was, it was all pretty interesting, you know? And so that's why I was like, you know, it's just kind of hard to say, you know, that dude's name without having to think about that moment when, you know, I was a part of that. So anyways, uh, the other person coming out of a uh, Clagato was, uh, Albert Hale. Now he became Navajo nation president for, uh, it was like six months, three months or something like that. And the reason why he had to step down was because, someone walked into the Navajo nation president's office and he was banging his secretary right there. So, and the word was, I found out later on, like a few months ago or something, I was cruising around with this other veteran and he knew about that. And he goes, yeah, apparently his secretary was so damn hot, sexy for a Navajo woman that all these guys wanted her. And then, um, and she was there by his side when he ran for office. And then that's where, you know, you know, the power of control of, of, or the, the power of having power, I guess it really excited her. And that's where they ended up banging right there. And, um, so she's still around, but unfortunately he passed away. I think it was last year in 2022. Um, or was it, uh, yeah, I think it was 2022 summertime. I think it was, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, um, so those are like some of the people that kind of, um, I, I don't know his politics. I, I just know that he's from Clagato and he made it up to that top stage, you know? So that's why I'm including him in this uh, segment. But, um, then looking back over the years, um, as far as age of changers go, 
if we want that Navajo utopia, we kind of have to look back at people like Albert Einstein, Nikola Tesla, um, and um, Henry Ford and the Wright brothers. There are stories where like uh, Nikola Tesla was born during a an, an, uh, thunderstorm. So he might've been like an alien, you know, transplant possibly, or there was something that had to do with his birth where he already knew what to do in order to advance human technology. I mean, human, uh, human lives basically. And then, um, then there was also, um, Thomas Edison, but he was kind of a more of a dick, you know, I don't really think he really did too much. Everybody tries to give him a lot of credit, but I, I think he just stole a lot of his shit the way I kind of look at his history anyways. And then George Washington was another dude where they said that he was told, you know, during a battle against the British that he, he talked to this one. He said it was an angel, but it turned out to be probably some extraterrestrial being alien that told him, look, dude, you know, you can beat these guys, you know, the future of this continent, this America that you guys are trying to make greatly, heavily depends on you listening to what the hell I'm telling you and go this way and attack the British from this point, you know? And so that's how he ended up winning. And then Albert Einstein was the same thing. He was quoted as saying that he doesn't have, these thoughts are not his own or something like that. And I was like, oh shit, you know, I guess somebody's, uh, in a, a higher intelligence controls his thoughts or some shit like that. I was like, damn, man. I was like, okay, all right. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause as much credit as everybody gives, gives Albert Einstein, you know, he just, he had to have some type of uh, help along the way. Then there was this mathematician who was, um, uh, from India. Ah, oh, shit. I don't remember that dude's name, but his reputation was that, you know, back in the early 1920s, 1930s, he was solving all these complex mathematical equations. So I kind of think that as far as mathematics go, he, you know, he pretty much blew Albert Einstein out of the water and Albert Einstein's like, Oh, well, I'm mostly dealing with, uh, chemistry and, um, physics, you know, I don't deal with that mathematics shit, you know? So that might've been, you know, really worth, something worth, uh, researching more the timeline of those two, but I just don't remember that India dude's name, you know, um, his, that mathematician. And, um, the other person that, um, was, I was thinking of was, a uh, Henry Ford. Now this dude wasn't exactly like Nikola Tesla where Nikola Tesla would create motors in, in, inside his head. And then when he, you know, wake up from a dream, he'd put it all together and shit like that. So I don't really know how Henry Ford came up with these vehicles, but I'm pretty sure there's, there's gotta be some kind of a extraterrestrial help right there. A higher intelligence telling him, Lay, looks here, stupid. This is how you make a vehicle. So him being the first innovator for that, you know, it's, um, it's fine, but I'm pretty sure there's more into it. All, all I'm just saying is that, you know, all these guys, whoops, excuse me, they all had their, their hand, their thoughts and their lives and the, in the way things are nowadays. And, you know, there's more to it than that, but, oh shit, I passed 20 minutes. So, um, so that's going to do it for this segment, uh, age of changers, you know, it's just people were changing things and, you know, I just want to talk about some innovators, but, um, damn, I didn't know that time flew by so quick, but okay. So let's go ahead and uh, end that segment and we'll jump on to the second one. 
of this episode. This one, the number two, will be modern metabolism. <laughs> 